This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot. And Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. We'll get back to your music shortly, but first, did you know that prescription prices are different at different pharmacies? You could literally drive across the street and get a different price. That's crazy. But with GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. You're probably thinking there's a catch, right? Nope. It's 100% free and can save you money whether you have insurance or not. In fact, it can often beat your copay. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Get Goldfinger today. You know what I want. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your Samson Folk, and you're joining me today after the Raptors' thrilling and chaotic 130-121 to win against the Oklahoma City Thunder, repping a full squad sans Fred Van Vliet for the first time in, you know, a month, pretty much, basically. And even though that did add a lot of variables to the Raptors' offense and did supercharge it in some areas, this game still did come down to Kyle Lowry performing at the end. And that was, what a display by Kyle Lowry to to close this game out. But to start things off, the Raptors had a great start to the game. They Obviously, they had a huge lineup going into it. Lowry at point guard, OG Ananobi at shooting guard, your small forward, Pascal Siakam, and your two bigs, Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka. That did a great job of stymieing a lot of what the Thunder were trying to do offensively. We've seen this. We've seen the strategy before. It happened against the Raptors in the second round of last year's playoffs, exacted on the Raptors by the 76ers. We saw the Raptors really having trouble passing around that defense, and even when they create some penetration into it, you're just you're in the trees. It's really hard to shoot while in there. Even the mid range feels kind of claustrophobic. It's really tough to work around. And the Raptors, even though they were fouling quite a bit on the Thunder early on. They were generating turnovers, they were getting stops, and that was largely successful early on. It was a great it was a great play, a great idea from Nick Nurse. I thought it paid off, and they jumped out to an early lead and offensively getting to go to something that, you know, they haven't had for quite some time, and that was Pascal Siakam in the post. Serge Ibaka, a really hot shooting start to start things out as well. Those two lifting up the Raptors offense early on. OG spacing the floor. His three-point shot returning a little bit. He had a a great game in this one as well. And Kyle directing traffic early. 
Speaking of a guy who had a great game, though, Powell checked in for Marcus All with roughly six and a half minutes to go. And the Raptors were able to unleash some side top side action against the Thunder when he was in. There was a lot of rotating of the defense. He was shooting well. He was helping attack and making the right pass, too. He just looked like such a wonderful complement to that lineup. And that's 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 so nice to see is everybody working in harmony. And the Raptors, when you see them running, you know, three dribble handoffs in one set completely turning the defense around, getting quite a few switches, then finally kicking it to the weak side. OG Ananobi going upwards to just above the break, Pal hitting a three. Lots of things like that. The Raptors really moving that Thunder defense with Adams in the middle, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Terrence Ferguson. These guys having a lot of trouble containing what the Raptors are trying to do. And so I guess Nick Nurse saw that early on. They go to a 25-16 lead and he decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to put Macaw out there, Powell, Hollis Jefferson, and Gasol with Ibaka. And Ibaka, thankfully, helped lift that you know that unit up. And they, they actually broke off an 8-0 run to finish the quarter on the strength of Ibaka's shooting as he helped you know usher them into it. Powell hit a, a buzzer beater as well in that right corner, the same spot. Well, different arena, but the same spot that you know Kawhi hit the shot. And the Raptors, they went in, you know, they went into the second quarter playing really well, riding a high, and the Thunder looked severely outmatched at that point. In the second quarter, it was a continuation of that style of play, this time spurred on by Siakam, who was still, you know, he was dynamite, and the Raptors, they were under, they understood that the Thunder had a really tough time with Siakam, and that he was generating a lot of mismatches, and that was generating a lot of attention, and he was able to pass out of it, Siakam being, you know, a decent passer out of the post, and out of doubles, so seeing that happen was really nice. But also, Marcus Saul, his screening, his ability to disrupt the middle of the Thunder defense, he added a lot of razzle-dazzle. We saw baby hook, we saw a turnaround, we saw triples from him, and it absolutely added a completely different element to what the Raptors are doing offensively. He acted as a hub. He was big time in this one. He was plus 16 of the starters. That's the highest the highest plus minus, it seemed like he could hardly do any wrong. His defense, of course, right on time, the rotations he's making, you know, how he's negotiating the middle ground when, say, Shea Gilgis-Alexander's, you know, knifing into the lane, he's able to stop that. He's able to mitigate the the advantages that the Thunder are creating. And so that was great to see. And just to see him really be not explosive, but creative offensively there was a lot of creation involved in the sets that were run through him he was really really creative as a passer and even getting his own looks I think he had 11 points in the first half that's big time he had five assists in the game he's still boxing out he's taking on Steven Adams who was injured and didn't return for the second half but Gasol really bringing a great performance Ibaka as well so the Raptors really well looked after at you know in the center of the court with their big men and then Lowry comes in, and Lowry starts collecting all these missed shots from the Thunder and pushing relentlessly in transition, causing a lot of disruption in their defense. Once again, side top side action. The Raptors start raining triples. They snap off a 14-0 run off of this style of play from Lowry. And, you know, they get the lead up to 30. I think it was 73-43. to 43. Things were really humming for the Raptors. And if you hear 130 to 121, you're like, wow, they were up by 30? Yeah, it was a crazy game. It was chaotic, but the Raptors harnessed that chaos in the first half and really turned it into 
a dominant offensive performance and a hell of a defensive performance as well, save for the 12-0 run that followed <laughs> for the Thunder. And that was on the strength of four different triples. That was largely on the back of, I think, Chris Paul. He does a great job of spreading the ball all around the floor. He'll misdirect the help defense a lot of the time. So if you think he's going to spray to the corner, his body language says this pass is going to the corner. It's going to go either to the 45 or the top of the arc. That's just usually how it is. He's always keeping the help se- help side defense at bay. And he was he was doing a good job of that, creating shots for the Thunder. And they finally started hitting some. The Raptors, a little bit of sloppy execution down the stretch of that second quarter. And yeah, the, the Thunder broke off a 12-0 run, capped off by a buzzer beater from Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Had a nice little sidestep triple. But the Raptors were still up 73-55. to 55. So it seemed like not something you really wanted to worry about. You figured the Raptors would get it back under wraps. And that happened in this game. They got it back under wraps. But then it, it, it got problematic once again. And then they got it back under wraps. And then problematic again. This game was, when I say chaotic, I really truly mean it. The Raptors, so many ups and downs. And it would be a shame, I guess, just mere weeks after their 30-point comeback against the Mavericks if they surrendered a 30-point lead to a different team. But thankfully, that wasn't the case in this one. And the third quarter, I think, was the most unique quarter out of any in this game as the pace slowed way, way down. So if you look at how the Raptors scored in the other three quarters, first quarter, 38, second quarter, 35, third quarter, 24, fourth quarter, 33. And that's that was definitely that was the game plan for Oklahoma City. They knew that the Raptors are getting out and running. They were fueling a lot of what the Raptors were doing because they were missing shots. They weren't getting back on defense. Guys like Siakam, Powell, OG Ananobi running loose, and they can't really control them at that point. And evidenced by the start of this quarter, the Raptors and the Thunder, almost both teams going three minutes scoreless. That was broken by a Marcus All triple. And then on the other side, a four-point play from Chris Paul, you know, to get Lowry back for the four-point play he put on him. But Nick Nurse challenges the call. Is he going to win it? No, he does not win the challenge. They decided that Chris Paul genuinely drew the foul. It was a legal play, and Kyle Lowry was being a little mendacious in how he was speaking to the refs, a little bit dishonest, let's say. And the Raptors, for their, to their credit, they recognized that the game had slowed down. And instead of trying to, you know, inject more pace into it with the, the personnel that they had at the time on the court, they had Pascal Siakam, who's being guarded, you know, quite frequently by one of Chris Paul or Dennis Schroeder. And if he wasn't, there was ways for them to find that mismatch anyway, just get a switch across the top, use Siakam as a screener, something like that. And the Raptors did get quite a bit of office from that, either just Siakam bullying his way to the rim, getting in for a shot, hitting a fade over Schroeder, getting a layup over Paul, or just knifing into the lane, figuring things out from there, or making the correct pass. Of course, he's not like a truly great passer, so he wasn't beating the second level of defense with his pass, but also, a credit to Oklahoma City, they were playing really tight defense at that point in time, so if Siakam was looking to make the pass that creates a really easy shot. Oklahoma City was putting the Raptors, you know, at a place where they probably need to make two passes, maybe three passes to really punish the Oklahoma City defense. But with the pace of the game, that wasn't that possible. So the Raptors 
really relying on Siakam, the, the mismatch, to get baskets at that point in time. So when he leaves the floor, the Raptors' offense really did dry up, even with Lowry out there. The pace was not friendly to the type of way Lowry wanted to play. Guys like McCaw on the floor. And since McCaw entered the game and was, you know, he was on the right side of a of a nice run from the Raptors, but outside of that, completely tanked the offense every time he touched the floor. And at that point in time, his minutes taking precedence over Terrence Davis, the Raptors, you know, they fall to a 14-5 run from the Thunder. They can't really get anything going. The Thunder get within eight, and the Raptors not able to look for those mismatches from Siakam, just running sets but getting nowhere. And Lowry gets subbed out. The Raptors still trying to make something happen. Terrence Davis, Norm Powell, luckily those guys help save the day. They all break off an 8-0 run to end the fourth quarter. Sorry, third quarter. And that was largely on the strength of Terrence Davis, three-point shooting, a tip-in, a willingness to get after it and go to the rim, and Norm Powell as well. Just being aggressive and trying to get something going, whereas the Raptors, to that point in the second half of the third quarter, were usually happy to just reset the offense run it around the horn, see what's happening. But that seemed aimless when nobody wanted to attack. You didn't have a Pascal Siakam to swing it around the horn too. And Kyle Lowry, for what it's worth, is not just going to be attacking out of isolation that often. He's not Pascal Siakam at this point. He did help do that at the end of the game, but he was set loose by some screens and some mismatches himself. But at that point in the game, not really. You're you're not really going to just rest the whole offense on Lowry. You needed help, and Terrence Davis and Norm Powell they provided that. As the Raptors got it back up to 97-83, up 14 going into the fourth quarter, that was big, and that's you know a big shout out to Norm Powell for being able to create his own offense because that has been something he hasn't always been super good at. We've loved him as a complementary piece to the starters, but it was in this game that he. He combined both of those aspects of his game was the creation by himself to get his own offense, but also being a wonderful complement to the starters and being you know, a great addition in that way. But on to the fourth quarter, which was wild and nutty and hard to describe. The Raptors, they continued that 8-0 run, turned it into a 10-0 run. Things are looking good. A uh, Darius Baisley snuck down the baseline for a dunk. And that was, you know, OG Ananobi jumping at Baisley when he shouldn't be. That happened a couple times tonight. But Gasol banked in a triple. And then OG hit a moonshot. And even though the Raptors are getting offense, you're seeing, okay, things are starting to get really tough for them. They're not creating good looks. Luckily, Gasol banks one in, right? Luckily, OG Ananobi pulling up, going to his right, throws up an absolute moonshot to, to beat the shot clock. And it happens to drop in. This is not reliable offense for the Raptors. And even after that, McCaw hit a pull-up after, I can't remember, I think it was Terrence Ferguson, went under a screen. So you have nine points that you can't reliably expect to get all the time. The Rap- That's why this was so chaotic. And then Davis, Terrence Davis, got a putback after Ananobi completely airballed a spin spinning layup going to the rim. But then after that... Ananobi got to leak out in transition. He got to lay up himself. And so we thought, okay, things are things are settling down. It's all right. I think it's a 21-point lead at this point, and the Raptors have it handled. But no, Gallinari, Schroeder, they hit a couple of triples. Shy knifes in for an and one. Shy Gilgis-Alexander, for the record. 
And it, it's just like it keeps happening. That I know basketball is a game of runs, and the Raptors, they're throwing matchup zone at the, at the Thunder. They're trying to get something to stop the bleeding. But at that point, the Thunder seemed to have figured out, and this is how basketball works, right? For a moment in time, the Thunder figured out something was working. They kept running that and finding open shooters. On the other side of things, the Raptors, they went through periods of that as well against the Thunder defense. But at that point in time, it's the Thunder who are making the run. And then after that, McCaw turned it over in his own backcourt. He got, you know, he Schroeder picked his pocket. Schroeder took it in, missed the layup, but found Mike Muscala for an end one. And then, my God, the Raptors turned the ball over again. Schroeder gets all the way to the rim. Luckily, Siakam, he was able to get to the bucket, spinning in the lane for a layup. But then Gallo hits another triple. And then it's more chaos. The Raptors, they lose the ball. The Thunder are headed the other way. It's a pass from Gilgis Alexander to Schroeder, who cuts in the lane, finds a leaking Gallo, who comes in for this soaring dunk, and end one as well. And things look pretty hairy. But, and they got within three. So just a little while ago, I'm saying, oh, the Raptors, they're up 21. Okay, well, they're up 15. It's fine. But now only up three. And 124-121 for the Raptors. Luckily, the Thunder did not score again. The Raptors, they locked it down. Kyle Lowry hit a couple floaters in the lane. Absolute grift Hall of Fame type of shots. Really muscling his way into the paint. Throwing up these prayers. But it's Kyle Lowry. So that's a good shot at the end of the game. He'll he'll throw up a prayer. He'll hit a prayer and he'll work his way into the lane. And so the Raptors, they were able to close this one out. 130-121. An absolute mess of a game in a lot of ways, but so much to like as well. So the Raptors really pulling through in that one after almost a colossal collapse. But at the end, figuring things out. Handling it, Norm Powell getting a dunk at the very end of the game, which was apropos because he was a bit of a savior in this game. So maybe it fits that he hit, you know, the final shot. He threw that dunk, he got baseline, and the Raptors, you know, they got the gentleman shot clock violation. Time ran out. Chris Paul was dapping up Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Terrence Davis, letting them know he probably thought, hey, good game from all you, probably letting Terrence Davis and Fred Van Vliet know, hey, I see you guys. Probably wants to work out in the summer. Something like that. But what a game. A really fun game to watch, definitely. Top quick reaction comment from DS. Nurse. Norm was 8 for 10, yet he goes with McCaw again. Almost cost us the game. At one point, I was so angry, I wish they'd lose. I can't take this anymore. I definitely understand that. McCaw was in the game to about two and a half minutes left. And like I said, he tanked the offense every time he was in. I have no idea why Nurse was going with him. Like I said, he's losing the ball in the backcourt. He completely screws up the spacing of the offense. Every time the ball goes to his hands, it means trouble for the Raptors. I don't get it. I don't understand the fixation with McCaw. Davis is better. Powell is better. McCaw is the worst part of the Raptors rotation. This seems to be the sticking point with every pundit, with every fan, with Nurse, I don't understand the fixation. And McCaw, there are a lot of games where the Raptors are losing by just a couple points, and it's those runs, those dry runs of the offense that McCaw is always a part of that are part and parcel of losing. This team, 
they cannot get over the hump when McCaw is playing so many minutes. And when the Raptors are finally have a shred of healthiness to their roster, you're still playing McCaw this absurd amount of minutes. And you're still running him out there for what? 25, almost 26 minutes. He has six points, zero rebounds, five assists. Most of those assists, having watched the game, are they're hardly even assists. He's just hitting guys who are coming off of pin downs. That's a pass Terrence Davis can make. He had a shovel pass to Serge Ibaka who hit a 19-footer. He had a, an okay bounce pass in the lane to Marcus Saul, but a really regular bounce pass for, you know, a hook shot. All these things either Norm Powell or Davis II can do. And McCall was not even good defensively. I don't want to hear that either. It just does not make sense. I, I am part of the mob as far as McCaw is concerned. I don't understand the fixation. I don't get why he gets the minutes he does. It is pretty clear to me that he does not add anything so much of value that he deserves to be on the floor instead of Norm Powell, instead of Terrence Davis, whoever. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson plays seven minutes in this game. That seems like a good read of where he was at in this game. Good read from Nurse. Terrence Davis, a plus 18, 12 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, 5 of 8 shooting. Plus 18, team high. McCaw, minus 5, lowest, lowest plus minus. And those guys are diametrically opposed. They're taking minutes from each other. And you're still opting for McCaw over Davis. It makes no sense. And I, it's tough to swallow because... I don't know what they're seeing in practice. I don't know if McCaw is operating the pick and roll like Chris Paul in practice. He is an absolute world beater in practice, and they're just waiting for that to translate to the games. But it's tough to tell. It makes no sense as of right now. And, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe Nick Nurse deserves the Mitchell Robinson Award for playing Patrick McCaw so much, even though the team is getting close to healthy now. Hopefully... Hopefully, once Fred VanVleet comes back, we can put McCaw at the end of the bench, stick him there, let Terrence Davis take those 8 to 12 minutes at point guard at the third string, and let Norm Powell take all those shooting guard minutes that McCaw is eating up to. Just, it doesn't make sense. His best games pale in comparison to the best game from Norm Powell or Terrence Davis. And his floor, McCaw's floor, is uncon- it's inconceivably low. I, yeah, that's that's as much as I'll say on that. But the Reggie Evans Award, I would like to give it to Norman Powell. 23 points, 9 of 11 shooting, 3 of a 4 from downtown, a plus 10. Was basically a savior for the Raptors. Provided them with an outlet on offense, a release valve. Was incredibly efficient, played within himself, but also stepped out of it at the right times. Basically a perfect bench guard game. It's... I rarely ever see that type of game from anybody. Norm Powell really hitting all the marks, playing damn near a perfect game off the bench, and he deserves the Reggie Evans Award for that. Really, I want to highlight his game. He was fantastic. But that's it for this one. You'll be joining me again for the game against the Wizards, but thank you very much for listening to this one, whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day, and goodbye. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Everyone needs more vacation, right? 
The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply.